This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. Now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. Good morning, Rutherford County. I have Mr. Thomas Booker on today. We were, I was talking to him about his family and uh, Donna and David, his mom and dad. <laughs> they are so nice. That, believe it or not, living in Ohio, they sent me a birthday card down here, Thomas. And every time I've been around them, they are the nicest people. And I can see how you got all the the good things in your life from the two of them. Well, and they've you. also been on the show. They have. And uh, I, the last time they were down here uh, that I know of, uh, I had the, the pleasure of dining with them. And just being around them, they are very, very special people. And in uh, this day and time... Uh, of course, today is Veterans Day. I don't want to uh, uh, go past that. We've got so many great veterans that live right here in this community, but we're talking about veterans all the way across this nation that have meant so much to us uh, in our country and also to the world. And I, I was thinking about uh, a sweet lady just came in here a minute ago and talking about veterans. And... Uh, there is another part of this country we need to honor, and that's the ones who reach out to the veterans and tell them what a wonderful job they have done as far as keeping our country safe, keeping our country free. And those that still respect freedom in the right way, uh, respect the Constitution of the United States, and all of the people who have made this country great, those that still respect all of that, I, I do want to reach out to, to them also because they're the ones right now that are going to keep our country great with all of the, 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 the protests that are going on and the people who are trying to weaken uh, our country. Those that are still standing up for the right thing, we, we need to... Uh, really um, reach out to them and say thank you also because um, this country will always go through uh, downsizes and and all of those things uh, as far as um, the the real strength of our country and our community and we can do it right here in in our community and, and hopefully it reaches out all across the country if you could sink California, you might start with something good there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the states are all different. Uh, all are. have different needs, different type of people. But here in the state of Tennessee, you, you know, it's the volunteer state, and that volunteer 
we all know what that means. A lot of military history here. Yes, there's Going a lot of it. Jackson. And uh, this this country has always been um, pro our country and the, how it was set up to be. And we have so many terrific people that lives here. And I'm just so proud of living in Tennessee, Middle Tennessee, and um, I can just put up a big <laughs> hoorah right now. I really could. We just need a baseball team, right? We would love to have you, you know something. And not the sound. Since you mentioned that. Right. I felt so great watching baseball as it was meant to be and Atlanta winning uh, the World Series and the support that they received not only from Atlanta but all across the, the, the southeast. And when um, Dansby Swanson, I, I don't know if you saw that little thing on I, – I, I, I don't know one little section of the, the the computer to another, but when he was speaking before the Atlanta uh, crowd there in, in the ballpark, when they got back, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. I do uh, too. I never knew it was coming, but it's probably Brian. When when they were reaching out to the people and talking to them, and the place was packed. Right. And it was so loud, and uh, he, he was talking about that, uh, how that win was for Atlanta and the all the support of the Atlanta Braves, and then he said, "I think I may get in trouble over this one." Do you remember what he said? No, I don't. I've, I've got to let you hear it. I've got it on my computer, but it, it, he said, "Resign, Freddie Freeman," and the place just erupted. But you know, those are great guys. They're not just great baseball players. They're great guys, and they're so supportive of our our country and our way of life. And and some of them are not even from here. You they're know very how patriotic, I thought. Yeah, but they're a different team than most MLB teams. Yeah, and, and it, it it just baseball is America's team, and, and it's sports. Baseball is, and it's just one of those things that. Uh, I guess maybe because I was such a young kid when I started playing and watching baseball and sure. and listening to Mel Allen of the New York Yankees back when I, I was probably about six or seven years old. But when you're able to carry that ideal with you, uh, it, it's just it's special. I mean, I, I couldn't get over it when, when I was watching all that. It was amazing. I saw that the Cherokee Nation also supported the Braves. Did you see that? No. They sure did. A lot of the local tribes around the Atlanta area, yeah. up into North Carolina, they were all applauding the Braves. It just honoring. shows you all that crap that they were going oh, through, yeah. trying to change names. I know football is uh, pro football is trying to change. They've already done it with. Uh, I can see Redskins being offensive. I can't see the name Indians, and I can't see the name Braves being offensive. Well, I can't really see Redskins being, you know, that's that, yeah. that, that's reaching out to a very strong ethnic group right here in the United States, and they were all warriors, and and uh, um, it's just uh, I don't know why we have gotten so sick in our in our nation. It's the about, liberals. Well, like these small details, and they they want to paint the picture their way. Oh yeah. 
Well, what they want to do is they want to change the name of a team, but they don't want to go help out the tribe that needs help. Yeah, yeah. We were out in Utah uh, two weeks ago for a week and uh, went to a couple of different Indian reservations. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's sad. It's pathetic. They're put on these places in the middle of nowhere and basically forgotten about. They've yeah. got, you know, sexual abuse. they got crime, uh, disease, everything else. And these liberal, this liberal media, they're wanting to take the Indian's name off of a team. Yeah. But then when it comes to actually helping the Native Americans, they don't care about it. Thank goodness for Sarah Bell, who lives in Murfreesboro. She goes up to the Indian Nation a number of times every year mm -hmm. uh, in the Lakota Nation, and uh, one of the most powerful tribes ever in, in our country. And when you take those things away from them, uh, uh, it's, it's almost like that they're just slammed in the face uh, without a really reaching out to them. They sure. offer them things, and when you take away uh, their ability to be warriors and the men were strong and, and all of those things, it, it, it's a terrible situation for them. But thank goodness for Miss Sarah Bell who goes up there and tries to make their lives better. And yeah. she can even goes to Washington to help represent them when they have specific problems. It, when you take away a, 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 a group of people their whole way of lives, You're right. that's pretty terrible. When we were out in uh, Monument Valley, they have a... Uh, oh, that's a great place. Beautiful. It is beautiful. They had the Navajos out there, and we were talking to a couple people and we were doing some research on our phone. I can't think of the name of the small tribe, but there is still one active tribe that are living the life as Native Americans. Yeah. And it's somewhere in Northern California, but it's like ten, like a, a group of ten people, and they just never, uh, they never, you know, reform to yeah. society. They're still doing their thing, but it's probably going to die out within the next ten to fifteen years. Yeah. Considering it's such a small group but things like that you don't think of and that's what's sad you know the indian image same with the brave image it's a reminder yeah to me it is and you know i don't see nothing offensive about it but you know i thought i was a little native I, american until i did 23 and me and found yeah. out that i was <laughs> well i'm i'm blessed i have some uh, native american in me do you yes i do i have more african-american in me than i have native american but my grandmother looks Cherokee, so, you know, who knows. The Cherokees were an amazing nation. They really were. Yeah. They were far ahead of their time as far as adapting to our way of life in, in the United States. Could you imagine being a Seminole Indian down there in the swamps? There's no way I could do it. They were very powerful down there. Very powerful. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it was an amazing group. Battling alligator and snakes? No thanks. I think we've got someone. Yeah, if we do, we've got a caller on the line for Thomas Booker. It might be a killer brew. Thomas, Welcome aboard, caller. Thomas, how you doing? Hey, what's going on? I just want to say how you doing. I just want to ask you, did you see where, I know you saw where the Indians took their sign down on the stage. Did you see that? I sure did, unfortunately. I was, what I was going to tell you is, of course, they're going to change the name. Of, I forget what it's to. I think I can remember what it was. But they said Guardians. there's a... Uh, they said there's a rower derby team in Cleveland. Did you hear about that? I sure did. They, they said there's a rower rower derby team that's got the same name, and they're taking them to taking them to court for that name to keep the name. 
And they also, you, I, know, I don't know if y'all heard about this, but it's been a couple weeks ago now. Um, the, you know, the 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 the, the PETA, the animal, animals. You hear about yes. that? Yes. They they're wanting to. Uh, they I don't think they're going to do it, but they want Major League Baseball to change the name of the bullpen or the pitchers come out. They, they I say saw it's for the bull bull. You know, they want to change it. Um, from a well, bullpen to arm barn, they say. Yeah, arm barn. Change, change it to arm barn. How stupid is that? It. I, I think it's dumb as hell, too, but they, they want to, they want basically baseball to do it. I don't think they're going to do it, but that's what they want to do. I don't think they're going to do anything about it. It's just something they want to do. But uh, I, I'm Goodness a Cubs fan. Gracious. So it's going to be two, two or three years before they, uh, before they, uh, before they get good again. But uh, what I've heard about Freeman is, I've heard Freeman's going to be in pinch drive pretty soon. He's going to be with the Yankees pretty soon. Oh, no. That's not going to happen. I hope he's not. Well, well, Truman, Truman, if there's enough money, it'll happen, son. No. He's a different type of guy. Well, he might be, but he might be. He might not be. He might look at that cash and say, I believe I'll say goodbye. I've already got my World Series ring, so I believe I'll go to New York and give me some cash. But we'll have to wait and see on that. But I know it'll be a while before they decide. But, uh. But I, I, I enjoy baseball. I don't draw too much in the offseason, but I do enjoy it. But I know what you guys talk about, the nicknames. I, I don't know if the Braves are going to change. The only way the Braves, I think, would change there is if, if some sponsor come out and said that they, uh, if they would take their name off the stadium. Like Washington, the Redskins, they told them they'd take their name off. They didn't change it. Of course, they're going to. That's the only way I think the Braves would change it. But, uh, but nonetheless, but, uh, I enjoy the baseball talk, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. It's an honor. You know, you and I have discussed the name of the Cleveland Indians. Right. And no, the people who got into that debate over it had no uh, knowledge at all of the history of why that name was put on the Cleveland Indians. Right. And it, it is a total slap in the face to the one Indian who played many years ago uh, probably one of the best players they ever had in in his first seasons, and uh, Louis if Sidney they would just something. do their, uh, I don't know if a lot of these people who are not interested in history can even read. I mean, it, it's just totally a disaster changing things uh, uh, just because they want it to. Happen. I think they have like their own agenda. Yeah, and it's just narrow-minded. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I offended somebody by saying that, but that's just the way I see it. <laughs> Got another caller on the line. Uh-oh. Caller, welcome aboard with Thomas Booker. Thank you, Truman. Uh just wanted to tell you that uh, I had the opportunity to meet Mr. Booker at the funeral home in Smyrna about a month ago. He's uh-huh. the director of the good friend of mine and a great 28-year veteran of the Air Force, uh, Chief Master Sergeant Ed Grazier. Mm-hmm. Thomas was uh, really helpful in helping us get a memorial or a little memorandum thing for for his wife, and we appreciate it. I want to thank him, and he's well, a super, super nice fellow. Yes, he is. It was an honor to help you. Thank you, Thomas. Yes, sir. Thank Come you, by Thomas. sometime and see me. I'll do that. Thank you. Yes, sir. Very special call, Thomas. Very kind family. Yeah. You do do a great job up there. Uh, you have a kind spirit. Um, you took care of me, which uh, could be bad because I expect you to be at the funeral. <laughs> Long a couple, for a now. couple of years from the maybe in in the future. Long for now. 
long from now, please. But you have a great personality, and, and you're kind, and, and you know how to uh, relate to people. I enjoy meeting people. Yeah. I enjoy learning about people. I don't think a lot of people, you know, care to learn. It's a selfish society. Yeah. Or it seems like it's getting like that. Yeah. I, but I, they're almost pushed to be that way by... Uh, Pretty much. The, the people who are gaining something from it. Right. They're pushing people to not be uh, aware of all their responsibilities to be in a country that's free. Uh, right. Everybody needs to reach out for the positive things. I think everyone has a story, though. And I think yeah. if, you know, it's just kind of neat to think if you were to walk into a room with 12 people and you talk a little bit to them, it's just, you know, surprising what you may learn and the connections and who may know who and i don't know it's just fun i think you do a lot of great things you make a lot of great decisions thomas but coming in here with a phillies outfit on this morning <laughs> jimmy it, it just goes way beyond jimmy fox 1945 oh i thought that was pete rose uh, i know that you're a big <laughs> pete rose fan <laughs> And you, you know, he did play for the Phillies there for a while. Pete Rose was probably born. I can't remember his date of birth, but he was probably a little kid when this jersey was worn. But they were also known as the Blue Jays. The Phillies were so bad, their new owner, Bob Carpenter, decided to give them a moniker nickname. Uh, and so they were known as the Phillies, but wore a Blue Jay on the sleeve. And then as the Whiz Kids developed in the late 1940s and started winning ball games. The tide of Philadelphia kind of turned from athletic to Phillies, and they dropped the Blue Jay moniker, and Phillies they are today. Well, you know, there's something strange about this, because you seem to be always politically correct, and your best friends, a lot of your best friends, are Twins fans. That's family. Now, how does that, how does that work out? That's family. Well, I know. Well, family, friend. How does that work out? What do you mean? They know my love for the game, so they understand and accept it. I'm not sure the Killer Brews would accept that. No, they'd accept it. I spoke to Kenny this morning. He thought it was kind of cool. Did he? <laughs> <laughs> well, Jimmy Fox is in the 500 Home Run Club with his dad, Harmon. And what's crazy is in 1945, when Jimmy Fox wore this jersey, he actually pitched a few games. Oh, really? He sure did. 37 years old, he's hit 534 home runs, and now he's going to pitch. He pitched a few times in his career. It's just you don't hear much about it. Yeah. And he wasn't a bad pitcher. You know, they have a, a lot of celebrities that they let pitch the first, uh, the first game, first ball in the first game. Mm -hmm. You know, I could see you uh, being the person that you are and the love of baseball that you are. Most of them can't even hit home plate, the, the celebrities. Well, I think I could, it would be great for you to represent them, I go out it. there when you're a left-hander, right? Southpaw. I could bring it. I could do sidearm. I could do underarm. I could do over. Underarm, that's softball. Well, submarine pitch. Yeah. You know, yeah. we call that like Carl Mays. That's what Carl Mays threw when he hit Ray Chapman and killed him. He was throwing submarine yeah. Ray Chapman, I'm going to go see his grave next week when we're up in Cleveland. We're going to oh go to my. Cleveland for the weekend. That's another thing about baseball. When they were called to war in World War II, right. 
a large number of the baseball players who were in their prime and some of the greatest that ever lived, they signed up to sure be did. in the war. Sure I mean, did. can you imagine? Uh, um, I, I, they had a love for this country that was built, and that's baseball for you. I love Harmon's career when he played in the 50s and 60s, but my love, love for the game, honest to God, is like you just said, for some reason I'm more connected to like the 1930s and 1940s. My great-granddad always talked about going to St. Louis back in the 30s and 40s, and I don't know. I just kind of picture myself being with him and seeing what he saw, the players he saw, but also, like you said, a lot of those athletes back then, you know, Hank Greenberg notably, uh, was one of the first to sign and go to war. Yeah, and uh, Ted Williams, Ted Williams, Bob Feller, mm. a lot of them. Think of the all those are Hall of Fame people. They are unbelievable and sacrificed a few years of their career, you know, to serve the country. Now, granted, a couple of them, you know, played baseball on the U.S. side, but still, you know, you've got people going to war and you know, seeing things and having to come back and recover and. You know, if they can go to Great Lakes and see Bob Feller pitch a game, that's good for them. So, you know. Well, you know, I don't uh, – our caller mentioned Freddie Freeman. Mm -hmm. I don't think Freddie Freeman will ever leave Atlanta. I, I think he, I think he's he got a love for, for the fans there and for that community. And uh, if Freddie Freeman went to New York, it would be – to change some of those people's minds that have gone completely way out in left field. No offense to your Yankees, but I hope he does not go to New York. No. no. I hope he doesn't go to Boston. I hope he doesn't go to Los Angeles. The only thing is, I think the Braves need to offer him a fair contract. I'm not yeah. saying, you know, something, oh, my gosh, but it yeah. needs to be fair. But you look at it, the millions of dollars they are making already – I, I mean, uh, to play a kid's sport, all of – I mean, any sport is it would be a kid's sport. And, and the money they're making, and, and I believe uh, if you just grade it on who are the best players, sure. he should be right there at the top. There's no doubt about it. But uh, I can't – I think he's got a, a better sense of, of – um, what the realities of what things really are I, I really do like him he's got a uh he's his judgment is right there at the top got another caller on the line caller welcome aboard with thomas booker hello guys hi what's happening kenny all right all right is this wait i can't tell who it is kenny killebrew oh what's going on brother oh i'm just sitting around waiting for that four-letter word to happen here in minnesota snow <laughs> oh, oh good not bless your heart you, you yeah. sound different on the radio well i look different on the radio too <laughs> hey, hey kenny kk stands for strikeouts why did you why oh. did you do that <laughs> well i was a pitcher in high school i was a real good pitcher in high school. oh wow yeah i was a starter i was it was it was not unusual for me to strike out eight, nine, ten batters in the game, and that ain't bad because you only we only played seven innings. Well, that was probably in two innings, though. You did that. Yeah, right. <laughs> did you did you so hit you, a lot of home runs talking, also? What's that? Did you hit a lot of home runs also? Oh yes, sir. I sure did. 
Yeah. You kind of have it in your genes to hit home runs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, loved it. Loved it. Couldn't get enough batting practice. Just loved hitting. Kenny got to take batting practice with the Minnesota Twins back in the heyday. Yeah, you were you were raised in heaven, big boy. Yeah, we were. There lucky. are a lot of people that would have probably swapped with you at any given time. <laughs> <laughs> we were born. My brother and I were born at the right time uh, in life. In a good era. Yeah. Yeah, in a good era. He, oh, for he, sure. Yeah. He and Cam were both born when Harmon was still playing for the Senators in Washington. Oh, wow. Before the move to Minnesota. Harmon hit one of those long home runs while he was playing for the Senators, didn't he? One of those huge yeah. home runs. Yeah. He, oh, yeah. He hit 59 in 1959. I'm sorry. He hit 42 in 1959 to win the home run record with Rocky Calabito. Yeah. So, what home run record was Rocky Calavito? The American League uh league or the American League leader for home runs in nineteen fifty nine. Harmon and Rocky tied at forty two each. Oh, okay. Kenny looks good yeah, in his well, senator's uniform, but he looks better as a twin. <laughs> he looks like his daddy. He just has yeah. more hair than his daddy. Don't you, Kenny? <laughs> That's right. Probably got those Popeye uh arms. He does. Yeah. <laughs> he's got, I'm telling you, he's built just like his dad. He sent me a photo, Kenny. You remember that photo you sent me? Yeah. In your dad's yeah, uniform from 19, what, 74? Yeah. It looks just like Harmon Killebrew standing there, but it's Kenny. <laughs> Craziest thing in the world. But now if Kenny takes his hat off, he has that white hair like his daddy. He's just not bald. Yeah. You can't say anything good without putting something bad in it. Well, now. no, I'm just being truthful. <laughs> I mean, Kenny can go as his dad for Halloween. He looks that much like him, don't you, Kenny? I sure do. Yeah, it's scary. So, <laughs> have, you, have you got uh, who had the thickest arms? Was it your dad or or was it Mickey Mantle? <laughs> hey, did you know my dad hit more home runs than Mickey Mantle did? Did you know that? Oh, I know that. I know that. <laughs> he beat him in the home run derby, too. I, You know, I used to watch that. <laughs> in fact, I, it still comes on every once in a while. Cool. And all the great uh, players in the history of, of baseball, uh, you, a lot of them are in that home run derby where they, they right. hit against yeah. each other. Yeah. yeah. Your dad played Hank Aaron. I'm, we were up in Minnesota with – uh, some of Kenny's family, and uh, it was cool because Kenny and me and his brother Cam, we sat there and we watched. It was, I think, it was three different home run derbies, all featuring your dad, wasn't it? Yeah. It was your dad and Mickey, and it was your dad maybe and Ken Boyer, and your dad and Hank Aaron. I saw that. I believe so. Yeah. 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 And, uh, Henry uh, Hank Aaron, just a young fella when he was. In fact, most of them were young back. In those days, and yeah. uh, it, it uh, you're very uh, blessed, Ken, to be able to uh, uh, live with in all of those uh, times, and 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 be with your dad and all of that. You know, that's I think a lot of young kids would would select your position as it went through life. Who wouldn't, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Kenny. Hey, you know, yes, sir. I think Truman's just jealous because you know Mickey Mantle and his family. 
well, I've uh, been talking Smart to David Mantle. Mickey Jr. died, at, and used to talk to him all the time, but yeah, he's gone. Um, and we're going to start losing a lot of the sons here as we get older, you know. But, um, hey, you know, one thing we, we didn't talk about yet that most people don't even know, and you guys were talking a little while ago about salaries and, and how much money the guys are making, but nobody really knows that these guys have to file taxes in every state they, they play in every year. And that goes for football, basketball, hockey, you name it. Uh, but all the baseball players have to file taxes in every state they travel and play in. Did you know that? Tennessee. Not Tennessee. What's, well, yeah. Tennessee doesn't have withholding <laughs> or income tax. So, yeah. yeah. I don't think yeah, Texas does. There's only does, a couple of states. Well, what about Texas? I don't uh, think Nevada. Texas does either. No. And, and maybe Florida. I may be wrong, but I don't Florida, think Florida yes, does either. Yeah. So, see, with you saying that, why would somebody sign to go to play in Boston versus St. Louis if you're making, let's just say, $5 million more in Boston, unless you just want to play for the Red Sox? But I would think you're going to be taxed to death in Boston – and you could save money in, I said, and New York and California. Yeah, same yeah. thing. Yeah. Right, right. But I know back when your dad played, he was kind of stuck there, but unless he had gotten traded. Well, he was pretty loyal to the to the team and the club and yeah. everybody. So. But could you imagine if your dad had played for the Red Sox with him being a right-handed power hitter and the green oh, monster 310 oh. feet down the left field line? Wow. Well, he hit a lot, a lot of line drives. It'd just be clang, clang, clang. It'd be a lot of holes in that left center field wall. It wouldn't be there anymore, been able, But I wouldn't have been able to be out there to catch his 498 home run ball, though. That's very true. You wouldn't have. Unless you're standing no. out there on <laughs> Lansdowne Avenue or Street, whatever they call it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, the fact, yeah, he caught his dad's home run ball, that's pretty special, too. That is special. And that was a great story, Kenny. It really yeah, was. Yeah. That's a that's the very first time I'd ever heard that. Have you ever called the Hall of Fame and told them? I know you talk to the Hall of Fame sometimes in Cooperstown. I, I did. Yeah, I talked to him uh, again a couple of days ago too. I I speak to him every so often. What did they have to say about that? Um, they thought it was an amazing story. They'd like to display the ball and the bat and the picture of. Me in the in the clubhouse in front of Dad's locker with him holding the ball. Wow! Uh, but I I couldn't give it up. I I would be could like you, losing a part of me. <laughs> well, let me ask you this: Could you do like a temporary loan? Oh sure. sure. And I'm just saying, if you did that, you could at least get your story out there a little bit for more people to see it. Versus, yeah. you know. Yeah, that that'd be a great idea. I'll have to follow up with them and and uh, yeah. see that. Oh, uh, I've I've got a little picture on my computer that says we need to take a break. You you stick with us, Kenny. Now I see. Okay, it. We'll all be, right. <laughs> be right we'll, back. We'll be right back with you.
The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS FM 100.5, FM 101.9, AM 1450. Online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. My name is Mary Edith Martin McFarland, and I love Adam's Place for many reasons. And the most important thing to me is the people. It has a whole wealth of lovely, loving, caring people. The people that live here and the people that work here. And they're very gracious. And that's why Adam's Place is wonderful for me. I feel safe and I love Adam's Place. Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Jay Farner here, CEO of Rocket Companies. If you thought you missed your chance to refinance and save, think again. Mortgage rates have recently dropped, and Rocket Mortgage can help you save big when you call 8338-ROCKET today. For example, with a $250,000 30-year fixed rate mortgage, you could get a new low rate under 3%. If your current rate is over 3.75%, you could lower your payment by over $100 a month, saving thousands in interest. But you've got to act now, because no one knows how long these low rates will last. So when you need a simple way to get big savings, Rocket can. Call us today at 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com. That's 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rocket. Refinance offer assumes a rate of 2.99%, 3.21% APR, 70% loan-to-value ratio for the cost of 1.75 points. $4,375 due at closing. Monthly payment of $1,052.66. Taxes and insurance not included. Payment will be greater. Rates current as of 7 21 Conditions apply. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. Plaques, plaques, plaques. k Trophy has plaques. We have a wide assortment of plaques. Lots of options in crystal, optic crystal. We sand carve on premises. We offer laser engraving on everything from acrylic to marble. L&K Trophy can etch crystal or glass. So if it's plaques you're looking for, come down to L&K Trophy. L&K Trophy House, 1115 Memorial Boulevard, just down from Smith Brothers Car Wash. Now an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. While hospitals and other healthcare facilities have reached or surpassed pre-pandemic staffing levels, nursing homes and assisted living communities are still experiencing substantial job losses. The latest October employment data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics shows 86% of nursing homes and 77% of assisted living providers say their workforce situation has gotten worse in recent months. 58% of nursing homes are limiting new admissions and 78% of nursing homes and 61% of assisted living communities are concerned workforce challenges might force them to close. More information available on our website, wgnsradio.com. The Murfreesboro School District says they reprimanded a bus driver who changed a route without notifying parents on Wednesday. Reports say the driver picked up only half the stops on the route, leaving multiple students unable to get to school. The incident comes just a week after reports of late or overcrowded buses with students sitting on each other's laps. District officials say the driver who skips stops has been punished and they are modifying certain routes to deal with overcrowding. 
Investigators are working to determine the cause of a house fire that claimed the life of a man in nearby Hickman County. According to reports, the fire started on Wednesday at a home on Old Trace Road. Officials confirmed one person dead in the fire, but did not release the name of the victim. Authorities are now hoping to learn how the fire started. The federal government is filing a lawsuit against rideshare company Uber that could benefit disabled riders in Rutherford County. Officials say Uber's policy of charging a waiting fee two minutes after a driver arrives discriminates against disabled customers who may take longer to reach the vehicle. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. French's Shoes and Boots has the hottest brands and unbeatable deals that you won't find anywhere else. But these deals can't last. Everyone wants the wildly popular Hey Dude shoes, and French's has them. You can always browse the huge selection of new styles from top brands like Ariat, Justin, and Twisted X. Or come see why our famous bargain racks are known for the best deals around. It makes good sense to shop at French's. French's Shoes and Boots. 1837 South Church Street in Murfreesboro. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. We'll see periods of rain showers here for this afternoon with cloudy skies and high in the upper 60s. Winds out of the west around 10 to 20 miles per hour, gusting as high as 30. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 62. Premier Six Theater on Broad and Jackson Heights, showing all of your favorite movies. Call their hotline, 896-4100 or go seeamovie.com. Popcorn Pop Fresh Daily, their movie hotline, 896-4100 or go seeamovie.com. Premier Six on Broad and Jackson Heights. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Pretty lady. And welcome back with Thomas Booker. And um, are you still with us, Kenny? Hello there. Hey, Kenny. uh, I know that you're friends uh, uh, with a number of uh, uh, young people that have had dads playing major league baseball and a lot of them were extremely famous like your dad have you ever thought about maybe all you guys getting together and writing a book about what it was like to ha- be blessed uh, to be in families like that yeah a matter of fact um i just was speaking to billy joe martin billy martin's son billy jr yeah. uh, a couple weeks ago about that and uh, he's looking for a publisher and a writer right now uh, for us. Um, he's a Major League Baseball um, agent um, and has currently nine players that he represents. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, we're, we're moving that direction. We had talked about getting a bunch of different children yeah to share their experiences have you have you found someone that you feel like that could uh maybe represent you guys the way they need to be in in the book itself uh well that's what we want to do 
that's what we want to do. Some of these writers want to do it their own way, and yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah, we don't want that. We want somebody that's going to do a real good job, tell our stories for us, and have a chapter on each one of the players and their sons or daughters, whichever the case may be. Yeah, don't want to alienate the. You know, Don Drysdale didn't have any boys, but he has a daughter that would probably have some stories. I've talked to her some. She lives in Hawaii. Oh, really? Oh, I thought she was in California. No, she's in Hawaii. Okay, okay. Yeah. Paradise. Talk to, talk, yeah, most definitely. I talked to Early Wynn's daughter. She lives in Venice, Florida, mm-hmm. uh, oh. just south of Sarasota. Gil Hodge's children, Roberto Clemente's son. Uh, the ladies could give a different perspective. They could. Uh, yeah. Of growing up in families like that. They could, especially yeah. Don Drysdale's daughter. She's a sweetheart. Yeah. Kenny knows her. Don and yeah. Harmon both went in the Hall of Fame together in 1984. Yeah. Don was a great pitcher for the Dodgers. He just couldn't beat the Yankees. <laughs> Never beat the Yankees. <laughs> well, he threw a fastball, and they, they just loved yeah. it, especially yeah. Mantle. Sometimes he was a headhunter. <laughs> yeah, yes, he was. <laughs> well, being a pitcher, you, you know, you've got to have that particular technique. Well, that's very true, too. Yeah. Who else did you talk about getting, Kenny, besides uh, who we Roger mentioned? Roger Maris, uh, Jr. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, some of Roger Maris' his family. Yeah, That's I know uh, uh, Kirby Puckett, Jr., fairly well. Kirby Puckett would uh, be a good one. Willie Stargell's yeah, son. <clears throat> There's a lot of them that we have you know. contact with that talk, you know, talk to and share stories with. There's probably some more if we just did, you know, yeah. a few little things. Well, there's uh, Jim Perry's son, Chris. Uh, we knew him pretty well. He was a pitcher for the Twins, 20-game winner. Him and his brother, Gaylord Perry, you probably know. Uh, his son, Chris, is my age. And we were neighbors, and he died in Minnesota in the summertime. And we would go over to the uh, Normandale Golf Course, and he died in Minnesota, and get the balls out of the water hazards, and then give them to the clubhouse and then they give us free rounds of golf and Chris got to be a pretty darn good golfer went on the PGA tour and was doing quite well for a while well I'm glad you you still got those uh, relationships Kenny yeah. that means a lot they're great Bob, to have Bob yeah. three boys we know we know them pretty well Bob was my dad's roommate on the road and there's a baseball card, if you see, called the Twin Terrors. we got my dad yeah. and Bob on there. Face those two guys right in a row back-to-back. is mm-hmm. tough. Bob Allison was spectacular, especially in the early 1960s. Yeah, yeah. He was, wasn't he Rookie of the Year in Washington Senators? I think 1959. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Bob Allison, Rookie of the Year. I thought he was there before that. Uh, I'll look it up. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's 1959. He was in the uh, Home Run Derby also. Yeah, he was. As a rookie, wasn't it? Uh, no, it wasn't his rookie year. But uh, Yep, 1959 61. Rookie of the Year. Wow. Yeah, so 61, so that was just a couple of years later. Uh, the Home Run Derby was 61. Yeah, the guy that hosted Home Run Derby, he actually died of like a massive heart attack. Uh, it was only filmed for one year, then he died. Then after he died, they just canceled the show. 
Yeah. And it was right like when your dad was on there with the rest of them. Yeah. So. I bet that was hard for those guys because, you know, they did that and shot it in the middle of winter in California. You know, in the off Your mom said... Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, it was just in the off-season. Well, your mom said that whenever y'all would go down there to shoot it, that uh, you would visit her aunt and uncle that live in Los Angeles and stay with them. Yeah. And she said that you and Cam would be at your great aunt and uncle's house, and <laughs> your dad would go over to Wrigley Field in L.A. to shoot that. <laughs> kind of cool, though. Yeah, yeah. That's something they could bring back, I think, and do, but... You yeah, know, I think it'd be fun. Yeah. With the way the world is, they ain't going to do it. No, no. So, Hey, hey Kenny, uh, yeah. I, I hate to end the conversation with you, but, of course, we're doing the Veterans Day thing today. Right, yeah. yeah. So uh, we have a lady from DAR that uh, wants to say a few things since we've got we actually have the wall the vietnam wall here in murfreesboro today we're going to have it for the next four days so we're going to uh uh talk a little bit about that we're talking to you boys and uh we'll we'll talk some other time thank you i I do want to talk to you some more kenny thank you for calling in all right guys love you brother That's pretty special. What a great guy. He's awesome. A good friend. I got to ask you a question. I heard McPhail. Yeah. All right. Tell me the story here on the, if you got just a second. I want to tell you something about him that you probably didn't know. Larry McPhail, right? Yeah. Well, and Leland McPhail. I don't, were they the same people? I was about 10 years old. When the McPhails moved to Baltimore, they left the Yankees and moved to Baltimore. And they're one of the children who lived right across from the elementary school we went to um, was Alan McPhail. Allie, we called him. And uh, he was in my class, neat guy. And we were real sad when he went away. And then he had an older brother, and I believe he was killed in a car accident, Lee, Lee Jr., Leland McPhail Jr. Really? Yeah, he was probably four years older. I remember hearing it on Huntley Brinkley News, they announced mm-hmm. it. It was like, wow, <laughs> oh dear. Um, but the, uh, we were, they were the owners of the Yankees at the time. Um, in the is, 1940s, late 40s. Late 40s, early 50s. I was about 10 years old, so that'd be like fourth grade, 55. And um, yeah, so they, they went off to Baltimore. But most of the kids in our class were Dodgers fans or even the Giants. And we had a couple of outliers. There was one guy, he's still with us. Uh, he was a Cleveland Indians fan. And I ended up marrying someone from Cleveland. And, Did you really? <laughs> yes. So I just had my um, mailbox uh the my ad my street address on the curb in murfreesboro um there was a guy coming around painting the street numbers and he does this every few years and he comes he comes from cincinnati ohio so he knocked on our door and we said yes we needed that done because the number was worn out (laughs) so i went out and he's he's a real um 
I don't want to say the word, but he's from the hills, let's just say. He's probably yeah. from Kentucky originally. <laughs> and he had his real character. Well, he, he started um, doing, you know, putting the stencil up for the numbers and spray painted it white and then did the, started to do the numbers. And then I saw he had this book with him. And I said, what's that? And he, he said, oh, I could do all sorts of stencils, you know, of other things. Um, you know, people do uh, their American flags. And I said, oh, yeah, I've seen those. And I, he started flipping through. And I said, can you do an Indians, a Cleveland Indians? He said, oh, sure, right here. <laughs> he opens it up and he puts it down. So now my mailbox is identified with a Cleveland Indians. It was practically the day that they changed their name to the Guardians. Really? It was their last game that Good they played you, as Indians. Uh, oh, that's it. right. You bet. I've got a flag, too. <laughs> it's an old Cleveland Indians flag. Um, my my father-in-law, my late father-in-law, uh, he was a boy in Cleveland growing up. His the Indians were playing, and uh, his older brother was a big fan. I used to go. They had League Park. Instead. Mm -hmm. That's and where I'm going next week. The former site of League Park. Oh my gosh! Sure am. Oh, for I've well, got a Earl good Admiral luck finding jersey. that. Yeah, <laughs> I know exactly where it is. <laughs> so so um, here's my f late father-in-law, uh, Jack Kelvey. He was a little, I mean, like four years younger, five years younger than his older brother was named Junior, you know, after their father. And so he was kind of, you know, a little bit sad and didn't get to play with the big boys. Well, one time they were playing baseball on the street in Cleveland Heights, <laughs> and the kids, something happened to the, the baseball they were playing with. And he said, I know where there's a baseball. So he went inside, he went up to his brother's room, his big brother's room. And he found a baseball that had been autographed by the Cleveland Indians. This was about 1918. Oh, no. <laughs> and he oh. That's when he would have been playing. Uh, oh. The one that the Indians, that, that name came from. Yeah, he, he played I about guess. 1914, 1915. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Well, yeah, my father-in-law was born in 1913, so maybe it was oh. a little bit later. So he got the, brought the baseball down to be a big shot, you know, with his friends oh on the street. 1918, 1919, right? Well, if he's five years old, six, maybe he was a little... If Ray Chapman was on that ball, who got killed by the line, or yeah. by the pitch, oh. Yeah. Maze. Oh, my gosh. Anyways. Well, so he, he took the ball, and he here, I'm the hero. I brought the ball out so we could continue playing. Well, they did, and guess what? The ball got hit, went rolling down the street, into the curb, down into the storm drain, and, and was gone. Well, his older brother came home that night and realized there was no baseball in his room. I kill him. And he almost killed him. Yeah, uh, he did. We kill it him. was a terrible story. And I mean, he remembered it, you know, 80 years later. He's telling the, the story. The 1918, yeah, 1919. Something like that. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. So, that boss would have been worth an absolute fortune. <laughs> Ray Chapman. But yeah, of, I wouldn't get rid of it. Yeah. Well, no, but Ray yeah. Chapman's one of the hardest autographs to find because yeah. he died oh, in 1920. Wow. Well, yeah. um, my son was a, uh, growing up in Cleveland, uh, was an uh, Indians fan and, and used to go to the games. And he told me that there actually was an Indian. The team is named for Alex That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yep. And you can read the history on yep. your internet. And so it wasn't any demeaning thing. It was, you know, it was rather, you know, wonderful for all these years. So, anyway, it is kind of a, a change in times. It's They're sad. taking away Teddy Roosevelt from the Museum of Natural History in New York. That's stupid. Stupid. Yep. Absolutely stupid. The yeah. trouble is, all of these things are happening yeah. in states and cities that are totally gone away from our country. That's the yeah. saddest thing that you, you can even think pull about. Pull them out yeah. and let them yeah. be their own. Let them survive. Bring it down here. Yeah. Yeah. Old I Teddy. love Teddy Roosevelt. T. My number yeah. one favorite president. Yeah. Well, he, they say he the, was the first progressive 
president. He was. Very yeah, much so, so that should be a plus for him these yeah. days, but maybe not. They've got their know. own agenda. But i got to say, you're wearing pretty colors for Cleveland. Oh, okay. I love the brown. <laughs> <On> the brown. <laughs> I thought this looked like an adult detention workshop. <laughs> I really thought but you'd it, be coming in here with red, white, and blue. And, well, uh, it, no, it's Cleveland this, Browns. This shirt says volunteer on the back. And well, so I'm, that's good. I'm, I'm, well, because I'm helping at the wall that heals. My John and oh, I were out all day you. yesterday. Um, it's very elaborate how they do this, and we, we helped as best we could. Older people, you know, it's not, not as strong, but we did it. We got it done, and the Murfreesboro Fire Department, I think it was uh, station number two, sent a team of young people down there to help. Yeah. Um, we we uh, inserted the they're called avonite. It's a it's a I think it's a granite composite, mm -hmm. shiny black looks like black marble. Yeah. Well, all the names of, on the wall in Washington are inscribed in these panels, the same as they are in Washington. Mm -hmm. It's three quarters size of the um, uh, of the actual wall, yeah. and so they set up an aluminum frame. And it's you know it goes up to that apex, and then um, what do they call it? It's like a crescent, but it's not round. It's um, there's a word for it. And I can't think of it. Um, anyway, so we we inserted those panels. It took several hours. We had teams walking from the uh, the the trailer, which is a storage unit for the panels and all the other equipment that they bring. Mm -hmm. And um, there are two guys who ride with the truck. They came from Sulphur Springs, Texas. Was their yeah was their last stop. This is the last stop for 2021, and it happens to fall on Veterans Day. How, how are we wow. lucky enough to get that here? Well, we had um, hard work on the part of uh, some people that uh, were part of the VFW 4575, um, and then Corey Kemper is a Nashvilleian, but he works for the uh, the sponsors of the, uh, of the wall here, um, the Communicares uh, group. Uh, it's a nonprofit, and then um, there are a couple of people at the at the VA. Brandy Majeris, a young mm -hmm. woman who was a combat veteran in Iraq, um, and her husband, and so they they worked hard. Um, they didn't have all the contacts, and um, so I was trying to help them a little bit and told yeah. to get with you and all. So here I am trying to spread the word. Where they the volunteers are going to be needed, especially today is rain is in the forecast. Mm -hmm. They've got their volunteers for today. And tomorrow, the opening ceremony is this afternoon at 2.30, so it doesn't conflict with what's going on at the square um, at 11 to this morning, uh, the regular Veterans Day event. Um, and then at 2 o'clock Sunday afternoon, it's over, and uh, we then are asked to help with taking this whole thing down, the lights off, all that, putting it back on the truck. Yeah. And then they return to Washington or to Virginia where they stay. And so there's no more plans for this year. I guess this is their traditional ending. Um, they've been Tell around. everybody, you've been over there. Tell everybody, yeah. it's off of Veterans Parkway. It's off Veterans Parkway. It goes Parkway. into the uh, Barfield uh, It's at Barfield Park. Park. It's, right, it's right next to the baseball fields. Oh, okay. So when you first come in Barfield, yeah, you, you kind of don't notice it, um, but it's on that open field. They had to uh -huh. approve that, yeah. and they didn't hear. The reason we didn't hear much about this um, this plan was because they weren't sure that they were going to be acceptable. It was the, the site would be acceptable to the wall people, yeah. the yeah. coordinator. So um, they had to wait a while, and that was why it was kind of like, ooh, you know, we were biting our nails. Mm -hmm. um, 
so it's set up. Um, they they met at Bumpus Harley Davidson on Tuesday afternoon, mm-hmm. and we had I was there to to watch, um, and then we went down to Barfield. Um, but they had 196, mostly Harley Davidson motorcycles, but there were yeah. some others. I'm partial to Indian motorcycles because I have an ancestor who was the founder of Indian motorcycles oh, wow. back in the, I don't know, early 1900s. Where were they based out of? Uh, Springfield, Massachusetts. Indian really? was. Yeah. Um, now I think they, they've had several changes of ownership, but they do have a shop here. It's almost across from But, but it's still uh, made here uh, yes. in the United States. Yes. I, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure. Which I'm glad of that. I didn't think yeah. that would ever change. Well, and it was, it was a bicycle you know, George Hendy was a—he was on those high bicycles, yeah. and he was some sort of champion, a bicycle champion. And then he and this other man started the Indian motorcycle. It was not didn't have the R, and it was motorcycle company, and uh, named Indian. So here we are with the I'm Indians. I'm surprised they don't change the name of it. Oh God! Well, and they have the fringed—you know—the saddlebags are. Right. I mean, they've got all sorts of little special things, and the chief, you know. Is, I think it's cool. It I is like, very cool. Yeah. I you come know. to my house, and I have a lot of Native American stuff just on display. Yeah. yeah. I like statues and red man chewing tobacco, just all kinds of different. Yeah. Now, why is, what does that say? Phillies? Phillies. And then what's the Blue Jay on they there? They were nicknamed the Blue Jays in the mid-1940s because they were so horrible. New ownership, new manager, Herb Pinnock, he was wanting to kind of maybe come up with like a new moniker. But then when the Wiz Kids came about in the late 1940s, oh, yeah. they dropped Blue Jay and went back to Philly. Phillies, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're National Hawks. League. I never really liked the National League. Hey, I want to tell you something real quick <laughs> since it's Veterans Day. You talked about Mr. McPhail, who was owner of the Reds. He was owner of the Brooklyn Dodgers, brought lights to both ballparks. First yeah. night game at Brooklyn or at Ebbets Field. Okay. Johnny Vandermeer pitched a no-hitter. Huh. But I was going to say, Larry McPhail, when he was in World War One, I have a picture I showed Truman last time I was on the radio, mm-hmm. and it's the only picture I've ever seen. He's holding this ashtray, and on the back, in World War One, he and about eight of his friends, at the conclusion of World War One, when the armistice was signed, yeah. they thought Kaiser Wilhelm got off a little too light. They got drunk one night. They drove from France into, Nether- no, I'm sorry, from Belgium into the Netherlands, where the Kaiser was staying in this castle. And they were going to kidnap him and bring him back <laughs> to Versailles to face judgment. Oh. So the oh. they broke into the castle, and I guess guards were called. He <laughs> stole the Kaiser's ashtray. Oh, that was. And they they hightailed it back to Belgium, and he kept the Kaiser's ashtray as a memento for the rest of his career on the desk at Crosley Field, on the desk at Ebbets Field, and then when he bought the Yankees in the 1940s. He had that ashtray on his desk. Wow. Yeah. So, so kind of cool. I had a good t- We lived for a brief time in West Orange, New Jersey, and that's not far from Montclair, which is where Yogi Berra lived. Yeah. And um, so Yogi was still alive. This is the late 1980s, and I, I worked in town in the township for the, for the town. Um, I was the Main Street manager. Did you like West Orange? Yeah. Yeah, we did. It was it was cool. We lived in an area called Llewellyn Park, and it was two doors, I say two doors, two very large properties away from Thomas Edison's home, Glenmont, really? which is a national park. Oh, wow. And his lab is on Main Street, so that's part of the that national sure park, are. too. But uh, Montclair's the town next door, and that's where Yogi was. Well, uh, because of my job, I was invited one time, I think it was the Rotary, had a luncheon. They had Whitey Ford come. 
that guy was crazy. I mean, he told stories, you know, what they were up to. Oh, my Lord. Oh, dear. I wish I could remember. But we were all just laughing. And this was probably 1989, so I, I think Whitey's gone now. But um, Son of a gun. Yeah, last that year, was something. He did. To yeah. see him, you know, just. Uh, wow. No filter? <laughs> no filter. Well, when you're Whitey the world does somebody like him live to be in the 90s? Yeah. I, 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 yeah. He just stood the test of time, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. yeah. Was, was West Orange, New Jersey, where they made the radium dial watches? Do you it know? was, in fact, because of Main Street being a historic district, which is what I was in charge of, um, making sure that things, it, it was kind of too late because of batteries. And, and sure. In fact, the Edison factory was, was he made batteries there for um, submarines. And you could go up the hill, it's real steep, and it's called Eagle Rock. And you look out, you can see the Verrazano Bridge, you can see the George Washington Bridge, and the best view of Manhattan Island. You know, it's just incredible. So th those are the people who lost so many during 9-11. Most yeah. Literally, they, I could see the Twin Towers, this is 1989, I could see the Twin Towers from our kitchen. Sounds you know, nice. and then in the, Pretty in view. The, yeah, beautiful. And then in the in the spring or before the spring, you, you know, I could see the Empire State Building from another room. But wow, um, yeah. So you're up this hill. Well, Edison used to go up there, and and they would be able to see the ships coming. So there was some impetus to do these batteries, these big mm -hmm. um, batteries there. So that's Those what batteries they, are cool. Yeah, but they they leaked. So they're the battery of factory. They did. <laughs> the battery factory was this maybe five story red brick building you know industrial looking thing and it was right there on main street well it was never really reused again because it was a, a considered and what do you call it a waste site you know so it was uh, yeah yeah so um, environmental danger hazard right so there was a problem there so the only thing that ever was there that i remember was a wonderful wallpaper store it was like you could go in and get the decorator you know, really you know fifty dollar a roll wallpaper and it was all just sort of in the in the warehouse there, and I used to spend hours there. And that was in this battery place. Yeah, yeah, but it wow. was right next to the park, um, the official, you know, the, the Edison National Historic Site, um, mm -hmm. and that was where these, I think, the so-called Black Mariah, which was the early film found a soundstage, mm -hmm. so it it could revolve on a on a like a, a turntable cool. yeah yeah and it was um they they were making movies there and they filmed a couple of westerns in the woods you know up the hill they <laughs> <laughs> not very western looking but people didn't know so these are early sound you know uh, uh non-talky movies like 19 teens 20s mm -hmm. yeah and then Silent the, film era. the big deal in in west orange was when um i think it was 1939 edison had died but they made the movie edison the man and it was Spencer Tracy. Was I saw the, that movie. Yeah. yeah. And so they were going to have the anniversary of it. And unfortunately, we moved back to Ohio that, that year. And so I never. I, yeah. And Poor thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, was there I, a lot of we EPA? liked West Orange a lot. It was fun. It was, was there a lot of EPA cleanup, though, in the 1980s? Well, I remember um, one of the things that was in my purview that, um, you know, you're trying to get people to. I mean, it was kind of a dying town in a way, you know, and it was near Newark, of course, and you know, the, you know other Concrete places. Concrete palace of the world. Yeah, it was. It was not far from the airport, but um, which was a good thing because we, you know, we did fly a bunch. But um, anyway, so they there was this one place that 
that I learned about the ba- or about the women painting radium dials. You need to watch it, Truman. It's amazing. I have a couple radium dial watches. Do you? From yeah. And so these women would put the little paintbrush where they're painting the numbers. They put it in their mouth and twist it. And then paint the numbers to and get do that. Exact. Oh. Do that day after day. And they were did like and what fifty cents a dial or. Oh, I don't dial? know. I don't know that, but I just remember here it was like. <gasps> wow. They died of radium poisoning, and so supposedly, like if you go to their grave with a uh, what's it a, called? A gra- uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Geiger counter. Or Geiger whatever. counter. I don't know if they call it that anymore. It shows radiation on their grave. Darn. That's unreal. And they disinterred yeah. a couple. And the radium dial, the the purpose of it was it would light at nighttime. Yeah. And their mouths were still glowing. For heaven's sake. Ooh, and died back in the 20s. But I, I read about mm-hmm. West Orange in an EPA cleanup. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I did. Well, and it yeah. was interesting. And the other thing is the chemi- they did a lot of chemical, besides the radium, they did chemical mixing. And there were a lot of little small plants that just people would have in their garage. And then they'd you know, dump the whatever debris out like in the yard. So there were all these... Well, the big thing, uh, I remember moving, we moved from Cleveland to West Orange, and then we moved back, because John got a job back in Cleveland, um, so we were there about two and a half years, and um, what I remember is our friends who lived in New Jersey telling us, oh, you're going to have to have a radon check, and I said, what's a radon? Well, yeah. Told you. <laughs> yeah. So it's crazy. It's coming up from the ground, and yeah. you know, I mean, I forget what the remediation could be. And here we had this. We bought this six-bedroom Victorian house. You know, as I said, was near Thomas Edison. Um, and I forget what our radon score was, but it was a real issue there. And also, they have an issue. There's no your garbage costs a lot of money to get rid of. <laughs> so guess Darn who's, New Jersey. Yeah. See, guess who's kind of in charge of oh, yeah. trash pickup. And I grew up in Westchester County, which is across the Hudson Ooh. River. So I, I kind of had classmates whose fathers may have been involved she, in the business. She's been around pollution her whole life. <laughs> I know. I mean, she was in Cleveland. You got the Cuyahoga on fire. Oh, well, would yeah. you please, It's all clean Would now. you please move your chair about 10 more feet away from me? Well, John, I'm we feeling managed, funny already. Oh, wait a minute. We managed to have two children. There were no problem pregnant. Every, everything's fine. <gasps> yeah, everything's cool. But that's true, though, right? I mean, the Cuyahoga in the 70s, I mean, it yeah. polluted really oh, bad. Oh, well, Cleveland has the flats, yeah. and that's down on the river. Mm-hmm. And the, the baseball is all up high. But what happened was um, all these standard oil mm-hmm. got built there. Mm-hmm. The big refinery. There was um, steel so you've got the, the, the coal coming from West Virginia being brought up, being burned to create steel. Then you have the, the ore pellets coming down from, um, from Minnesota. Yeah. So all these ore shipping companies were there. And so the river was just, you know, constant, you know, movement. But it was so cool to look at. And you'd see the old, you know, the the uh, stacks in the air and then um what the people the the wealthier people who started all these companies in the 1850 or right around the civil war they ended up taking their families up into the heights so that's where you get shaker heights cleveland heights all those were built to get away from the dirty air grungy and um then you had a lot of it was interesting the ethnic groups that started to come to cleveland i mean you had the yankees who were you know from connecticut because it was the western reserve of Ohio. Southern yeah. Ohio is more George Washington country, so that had more of the Virginia influence. But Northeast Ohio, 
is um, Yankee country. And um, so all these, these you know, entrepreneurs got started, John D. Rockefeller and all those folks. And then... Richest man ever. Yeah. And then um, they, the others were attracted. The Welsh came in great numbers to Cleveland because they were into steel and all that, and they saw opportunity. Um, then you had your Polish and your other Eastern European mm -hmm. coming. Um, some went to the coal mines, as we know, but others uh, ended up working in the in the big factories. Yeah. So there was this great. I mean, I, I I still have friends who are members of something called the Irish American Club of the West Side of Cleveland, you know, and they have their giant St. Patrick's parade. And I I knew, I worked for the guy for a little bit as a, a campaign person. Um, he ran and, and he won for state uh, Supreme Court, Terrence O'Donnell, and he ended. He was from Cleveland. His father was a police officer, and Terry, you know, went to law school and, and was a, a Cleveland judge. And then um, there's still so many Sweeney's and O'Donnells who are judges there today. So it still has a lot of that ethnic feeling in different neighborhoods. Yeah. What's your favorite thing to do in Cleveland? Well, I used to work at the Art Museum, and that's a fabulous place. I hope they don't change and become too woke but they um they we were volunteers there and i enjoyed that and i lived nearby it was university circle so case western reserve you got the hospitals you got cleveland clinic they're just there's a lot of very high-end um cultural and uh, medical uh things there that people come from all over the world to truman see. should go to cleveland shouldn't he what truman should go has to he cleveland. ever been to ohio have you been to ohio uh, uh. <laughs> When when struggled, it's round on both ends and high in the middle. If 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 I get across the Mason Dixon line, my nose starts bleeding and and I have to come back here. There's something about I I can't escape heaven is what it is. I I have to remain. My son-in-law's Kevin. See, I told you I'm Irish, but yeah, ah yeah. Well, I I like Cleveland. I'm a New Yorker. And where did you grow up in New York? Well, my, I was born in Bronxville, which is just a few miles from Yankee Stadium. My family lived there. But I had an older brother. He went to Bronxville High School, and he was born before World War II was over and before I was born. I mean, he was born. He graduated from high school uh, in 44, oh. and I came along a year later. So he was in the Air Force. He was like, huh? I was an only child. <laughs> so, so anyway, so I was sort of an only child growing up, and he, he was, you know, uh, traveled a lot with the State Department. He ended up there. But, um, yeah, so that was it. And then we, we moved to Scarsdale, which is a, sort of a famous suburb. Um, yeah, it is. And it has, you know, there are areas that have a Scarsdale mailing address, which is where when the McPhails lived and where I lived. Um, but aren't really in Scarsdale. You know? Did you ever so, meet him, Larry? I, I don't know if he came to the school. You well, know, you know Lee their died house in was Really? He sure did. Their house was Kitty Corner. It was a small cottage, kind of. It was not any special house. And Allie was a good guy. When you're talking about him being in World War One with mm -hmm. the Kaiser and all that, um, Allie ended up going to a um, to a Quaker school. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. It was, it was a well-known school. I maybe just went there, but the family had moved to Baltimore, so this was a school that was near there. And I remember thinking, oh, that's interesting, you know, the, <laughs> the pacifist. Um, but he was, a, he was an excellent athlete, and uh, he still keeps in touch with some of our friends. That's cool. All right. We've got to wrap up the show, but get back to uh, the wall okay. real quick. It, 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 uh, when it starts. And, uh, it's open as of 8.30 this morning. It'll be open 24 hours. 
rain or shine, uh, day or night. It's got lights that are, uh, I was there last night, LED lights over each panel. They reflect down so you can see the names. Uh-huh. Uh, visitors are welcome to make rubbings with a pencil, and they have the special paper. Mm-hmm. If you have a name you want to look up, um, they have a, his, uh, a history and a um, educational exhibit all around the big trailer that's yeah. parked there. It has a tent set up around it, so you could go there whenever you want and look at the different exhibits. Are the names going to be alphabetical, or no, how no. are they going to be? Okay. It's, or um, they passed away, isn't it? It's the ones who were killed um, in Vietnam. Yeah, yeah, no, but, but during the war. Yeah, I know. But the names, how are they okay. going to be set no, up? No, no. Um, if you've seen pictures of the wall, <laughs> it's sort of the that kind of a pointed. Yeah, I know. I know what it is. V. But people yeah. need to understand. Okay, so when you come, you you walk towards it. You start literally chronologically in 1959. They have okay. the date at the top. Oh, it's You starts. go down to the point on the east. They call it the east uh, facade of that. Then you walk all the way around, and you start at the t- the, the short end mm-hmm. of the west facade, and you go up, and it ends at 1975. So the beginning and the end deaths so it's gonna are be next to each other. As the incidents occurred, right? Then yep. you, you will as follow their deaths that. or when they find them missing, when they call them missing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that now, as he explained last night, the. Um, there's four different things, I believe, right, as to what the person is. Like you said, they were either killed in action, they're missing, right, and there's two others, and I can't remember. Well, what they do, they mark, They, it's explained there, but if they're discovered after being considered right. lost, then they, they mark the, um, the, the notation at the end of the name. Yeah. But um, the panels, you know, vary like 150 lines, mm-hmm. but we can find on a website w or v v m f uh google play and you can if you sign on to that and get that app you can look up people and it'll tell you what panel their name is on so you can go right up to it and and find it that way Um, i I really appreciate you coming over okay well good because i I think most people are very interested in it and they want to go yeah and uh there's no charge and um, just respectful distance. Um, you know, they've, they've sort of set it apart, made a little sacred area, they called it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, we're, we're there to, the volunteers are there to help people find a name. Yeah, a lot of the DAR people are going to be there. Well, right? I, I think so, yeah. And we have our meeting tonight, so I'm not sure I'm going to be able to get to the meeting, but I'll be, I'll be at, the, uh, at the wall. I knew you uh, would be there. Yeah. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.